MSW Media. Thanks to Aura Frames for supporting the Daily Beans. Aura Frames makes digital picture frames designed easily to fill your home with photos of family and friends shared instantly from an app. Right now, you can take advantage of Aura's Cyber Monday sale and get up to $50 off Aura's best-selling carver mat frames by going to AuraFrames.com slash Daily Beans. And thanks to Lomi for supporting the Daily Beans. Start making a positive impact on the environment with the Lomi Home Composter. Get $50 off when you go to Lomi.com slash Daily Beans and use code Daily Beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, November 29th, 2022. Today, a federal judge rejects Donald Trump's bid for absolute immunity in his civil suit against him for disrupting the peaceful transfer of power. Kellyanne Conway answered over five hours of questions with the January 6th committee. A couple of Republican counties are refusing to certify the midterm election results. Special Master Judge Deary cancels the December 1st hearing. And why Donald refuses to criticize Nick Fuentes. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hi, Dana. Welcome back. Thanks. It's good to be back. And I appreciate the day off. I knew you would hold down the fort. I missed you, too. It's good to see your face. Yes, it's good to see your face as well, my friend. And uh, have you been watching the football? I have been watching some of the football. There was an incredible game between USA and England, England, Mm -hmm. unless I'm remembering incorrectly. And then there was like, I think, a Brazilian goal earlier that day. That was like crazy pants. Yeah, that scissor kick upside down thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty. And you know what? I have to say, I have to credit Ted Lasso with my newfound (laughs) interest in soccer. I know a friend of mine was like at a pub watching the game and somebody's like, they're going to do the Ted Lasso special. So I just I think uh, I think a lot of uh, folks are are into it. And I think we can credit I think we could do a large part credit Ted Lasso to that, at least in America. I mean, this is the most popular sport in the world. Well, sure. And I'll tell you what, well, you know, I know that the United States has always been in support of the U.S. women's national team. And so it's mm-hmm. good to see them backing the men <laughs> for a change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of course, the commentators I am are saying kidding. someone's going to write in. I know that the men have done well. It was a joke. I know some of the commentators were saying, you know, this is the first time a player has scored in five consecutive World Cups. And uh, of course, the women have done that multiple times. Yeah. So that person got corrected. But I think that tweet is still up. Yeah. And today, Tuesday, as this show airs, will be the the match between Iran and the United States. And if uh, I think it's win or go home. So we'll see what happens. Going into knockout stages. Let's go, USA. Yes. And uh, although, you know what? Go Iran, too. They're, they've been totally. really awesome with their with their protests, uh, this particular World Cup, specifically with what's going what's going on, um, you know, in, in Iran right now. It's just absolutely stunning. The amount of, of protests and, and people like being executed. And uh, it's just it's um, a lot of upheaval there. So, you know, good on good on the Iranian team for for speaking out. hundred percent in the ways that they can, you know, especially in Qatar. So the dinner with the Nazi is getting a lot of media traction. I'm going to need you to narrow that down because Milo Yiannopoulos (laughs) was also at that house. So which Nazi are you talking about? I know, right? Yay was there. Oh, Fuentes. That's right. But Fuentes. Yeah. And of course, you know, I mean, Gosar and Marjorie Taylor Greene have spoken at his events, uh, Mm -hmm. the America First events. You know what you have when you have three Nazis and someone hanging out with them? 
A Nazi. Four Nazis. Yeah, (laughs) another Nazi. And so I I think it's getting a lot of of media attention. And and several Republicans are now using it as an off-ramp, along with the devastating midterms for the GOP. There's Mitt Romney, Pence today said he should apologize. Susan Collins furrowed her brow. Marco Rubio, they're all condemning it, saying Donald should apologize and condemn Nick Fuentes. So this is their red line, Dana. Right. It's absurd. Yeah. Not insurrection or mocking a disabled reporter or blackmailing Ukraine or obstructing justice or letting Russia help you with your campaign or calling immigrants rapists or the Access Hollywood tape. This is their red line. We've been asking for years. What would it take? And the GOP would like you to think this is it, that this is their red line dining with the Nazis, when in reality, they know Donald is a loser. It took him three <laughs> elections to learn that lesson. And it, he weighs against their bid for power. That's the only reason they're dumping him. It has nothing to do with scruples. Oh, of course not, because they've known about Fuentes and the Republican Party and the GOP for a long time. Many of them have interacted with him. He gets their base rallied up at a very fringe base that still votes for these Republicans. He helps them. He helps their yeah. campaigns. Yeah. And Hugo Lowell reported today for The Guardian that, according to people familiar with the matter, Trump actually was reticent to criticize Fuentes because that's a big part of his base. And that's 100%. why he, you know, that's why he hasn't come out against it. Um, but uh, the Republicans are using this as their off ramp <laughs> and we can't let them. They they know what they're doing. So anyway, we're now calling it their fuck off ramp. We don't yes. take it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Too little, too late. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Speaking of fuck off ramps. Yep. We have a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. Alrighty. First up, the special master in the Mar-a-Lago documents case, one Judge Raymond Deary, has canceled the hearing that he scheduled for this Thursday at December 1st, in which he would hear arguments about what Donald thinks are privileged or personal or which fall under the Presidential Records Act, which do not, and to settle any disputes over about eight documents that the government and the Trump side have. Now, Deary did not say why he canceled this hearing other than what he said in his minute order today, which says, quote, upon further review of the record, the special master has determined that there are no matters requiring counsel to travel to Brooklyn for an in-person conference. The conference previously scheduled for December 1st is therefore canceled. Instead, the special master directs the parties to respond jointly by December 1st at 5 p.m. to the following questions. Then he asks a series of questions to the parties about their disputes of the categorization of multiple documents, which he names by the Bates number, and then he signs the order. So what has happened since he scheduled this hearing that has made him change his mind? Anything would be speculation, but you know how I love to speculate. So this could be any number of things. First, this could, like this whole order has a real, I'm not putting on pants for a hearing if I'm about to be mooted by the 11th Circuit (laughs) feel to it. Right. We all know about the bloodbath of a hearing last Tuesday where the judges in the 11th Circuit, Trump appointed judges, weren't arguing about whether they were going to toss Judge Cannon's order appointing a special master, but how they were going to do it technically. So maybe Judge Deary sees the writing on the wall and says this is a meeting that could be an email. Right. Another reason. And you know, I thought about this today when I was talking with Andrew for for the upcoming Clean up on Al 45 podcast tomorrow. If I were Judge Deary, I wouldn't give a microphone to the Trump team either. They've done nothing but use the courts to spread their propaganda. And anyone listening to that 11th Circuit argument knows that. Trump's even been sanctioned recently for abusing the courts in his lawsuit against Hillary Clinton at all. And whenever Jim Trustee gets a chance to speak, it's always with, you know, the DOJ can't be trusted and the unprecedented raid on a former president. 
And the 11th Circuit dressed him down for that language, that loaded language, but he repeated it anyhow. So maybe Deary is thinking, let's just not do, let's do this by filing. We don't need to give that guy a platform for his bullshit. So either way, I don't think Deary is long for the special master role. And frankly, I'm, I'm actually shocked the 11th Circuit hasn't already ruled, Dana. I am too. Thanks, A.G., for that. And this next one should be filed under stories I'm not shocked by. Republican officials in a rural Arizona county refused on Monday to certify the 2020 election. Uh, That was despite no evidence of any wrongdoing um, with the count amid pressure from prominent Republicans to reject the results showing Democrats winning top races. While state election officials have said that they sue Cochise County if the Board of Supervisors misses Monday's deadline to approve the official tally of votes known as the canvas. Now, the two Republican county supervisors, they delayed the canvas vote until hearing once more about concerns over the certification of ballot tabulators, though election officials have repeatedly said the equipment is properly approved. Democratic election attorney Mark Elias pledged on Twitter to sue the county. Now, Democratic Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, her office has previously said it would also sue if the county missed the deadline. This is a quote. The Board of Supervisors had all of the information they needed to certify this election and failed to uphold their responsibility for Cochise voters. This is from Sophia Solis, and she's the spokeswoman for Hobbs. Now, election results have largely been certified without issue in jurisdictions across the country. Now, that's not been the case in Arizona, of course. Why? (laughs) We know why. That is a, a focal point for efforts by the former guy and his allies to overturn the 2020 election and push false narratives of fraud and lake has been one of his greatest proponents of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Officials at a northeastern Pennsylvania county where paper shortages caused Election Day ballot problems deadlocked Monday on whether to report official vote tallies to the state, effectively preventing their certification of the results. Well, Arizona was a long GOP stronghold. This month, Democrats won most of the highest profile races over Republicans who aggressively promoted Trump's lackey, Carrie Lake, and she was the GOP candidate for governor who lost badly, (laughs) to Hobbs, and Mark Fincham, the candidate for Secretary of State, who also lost his race. And they've both refused to acknowledge their losses. Not surprising. They blame Republican election officials in Maricopa County. Why? Because it's highly Democratic, uh, the state's largest, including Metro of Phoenix, for a problem with some of the ballot printers. Officials in Maricopa County said everyone had a chance to vote and all legal ballots were counted. Navajo, a rural Republican-leaning county, and Coconino, which is staunchly Democratic, well, they voted to certify on Monday. In conservative Mojave and Yavapai counties, supervisors voted to canvas the results despite their own misgivings, and several dozen speakers urging them not to. Those speakers were crazy pants, if you saw some of them, by the way. Those were the Maricopa County ones, yeah. Oh, I mean, whoo, boy, I love seeing that mashup. Meanwhile, Maricopa County supervisor... Court Judge Randall Warner said he would decide in the next few days whether to allow an election challenge by Abraham uh, Hamaday. Yeah, Hamaday, I think. Hamaday, who is the Republican candidate for Arizona Attorney General. And he'll decide whether that's going to move ahead. Now, Warner, who was appointed to the court in 2007 by Democratic Governor Janet Napolitano, spoke after a Monday afternoon hearing. Hamaday filed the lawsuit earlier this month against his opponent, Democrat Chris Myers who holds a 510-vote lead in the race, 510-vote lead in the race, along with every county recorder in Arizona and Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, who is now the governor-elect. And thank God Carrie Lake is not going to be the governor of Arizona. What a disaster that would have been. 
Yes, dodged a bullet. And the interesting thing, Dana, is that at the very Republican Cochise County is running the risk of their very Republican votes not being tallied by the deadline, which could flip Arizona 6 and the school superintendent to blue. That would be amazing. Like, I don't know why they're, <laughs> why they're contesting their own fucking highly Republican vote certification. It's just so dumb. <laughs> uh, and from Steve Bennon at MSNBC, in the immediate aftermath of the January 6th attack, Trump had a variety of concerns, including his second impeachment. But in the final days of his term, the Republican also had a very different kind of fear, the possibility of an incitement criminal charge, you know, for inciting the riot. The Washington Post reported two days after the violence that Trump's legal advisors expressed increasing concern, quote unquote, about the Republicans' possible criminal liability. <laughs> Just now? <you're... laughs> OK. <laughs> now? Uh, the... <laughs> right? the article added that he'd been told by attorneys, quote, that he could face legal jeopardy for inciting a mob. An advisor close to Trump told CNN then-president was worried about being prosecuted. At least for now, that hasn't happened. But while Trump hasn't been indicted for his role in the insurrectionist attack, he's been sued several times. In March, for example, two congressional Democrats, Benny Thompson and, and Swalls, you know, Biggie Swalls, Eric Swalwell. Love me some Swalls. Yeah, me too. Filed separate cases against Trump. Thompson later dropped his case after he became the chair of the House Select Committee. Because, you know, scruples, ethics. Look at that. I know, weird. In the months that followed, two different sets of police officers, each of whom are still dealing with the adverse physical and mental effects of the pro-Trump riot, also sued. A Trump that's blazing game and a whole group of them. Trump's lawyers have tried to have the civil suits tossed out, insisting he has absolute immunity in actions relating to his term in office. And as NBC News reported, a federal judge had no use for such an argument. Quote, to deny a president immunity from civil damages is no small step. This is U.S. District Judge Amit Mehta in his ruling. But, quote, the court well understands the gravity of this decision. But the alleged facts of this case are without precedent. And the court believes that his decision is consistent with the purposes behind such immunity. Mehta concluded that Trump's responsibilities for the riot are difficult to ignore. The then president, the judge found, called followers to D.C., dispatched them to the Capitol, knowing full well that violence was likely soon to follow. Pointing to the Republicans' own rhetoric, Meadow wrote that Trump's January 6th speech was akin to telling an excited mob that corn dealers starve the poor in front of the corn dealer's home. So what happens now? The district court's ruling will be appealed. Meadow's ruling saying, no, you don't have absolute immunity, will be appealed, of course. But as Politico's report adds, Friday afternoon's decision leaves the Trump and members of his team, quote, vulnerable to another flurry of deposition subpoenas and document demands. <laughs> the ruling also declares Trump potentially liable for conduct while he was the sitting president, a rare and momentous legal decision. This is a big deal. And if Trump is ultimately held liable in these suits, there's a very real possibility he'd have to pay damages from his own pocket. Sure hope that happens. All right, closing out this segment, the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th insurrection, they asked alternative facts connoisseur Kellyanne Conway, <laughs> who served in the White House as a senior advisor to then-President Donald Trump, about her conversations with Donald after his election loss in an interview that lasted roughly five hours on Monday. And this is from two sources familiar with the committee's work. That's what they told CNN. The committee asked specifically about her reportedly telling acquaintances that Trump acknowledged to her that he knew he had lost the 2020 presidential election. That's according to one source with the knowledge of the matter. The exchange was first reported in Jonathan Lemire's book, The Big Lie, in which he recounts that off camera, Trump wondered, quote, allowed to Kellyanne Conway how he could lose to fucking Joe Biden, end quote. 
When asked if Trump ever admitted to her that he knew the 2020 presidential election was not stolen, Conway told reporters, I don't reveal those conversations. I think they want to know that from him, they should depose him. Now, when pressed by reporters that the committee had subpoenaed, has subpoenaed Trump for documents and testimony, Conway said, they asked him so late, though. I think the committee's almost wrapped up. Oh, my God. They asked him so late for these. (laughs) I just come on. I just don't understand how George is still. Anyway. Yeah. Press further on why Trump wouldn't talk to the committee. Conway posed, quote, why would he do that? I don't know, because he was fucking subpoenaed. And that's the law. In response to a question about <laughs> in response to a question about what conversations he had with Trump or those in his orbit on January 6th, Conway told reporters, quote, I won't talk about that because I may have talked about that here. Referring to her interview. She's a hot mess. After the interview, Conway told reporters that she did not invoke her right against self-incrimination under the Fifth Amendment. Conway also said she has not heard from the Justice Department. In her book, Here's the Deal, Conway, whatever, (laughs) I can, Conway revealed that she called the Trump White House on January 6th to ask the former president to intervene and call the rioters off at the Capitol. Asked if she discussed these conversations with the committee, Conway said, quote, I can't say what I was asked about in the interview. But when pushed on whether Trump received her message that day, she added, it was relayed to the president. Yes. Now, asked when she last spoke to Donald, Conway said, last week he called me. She also told reporters that she had not told Trump that she was meeting with the committee. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. This is a quote. He doesn't know that from me. He may know that from you. Conway told reporters in reference to whether Trump was aware of Monday's meetings. Conway's interview demonstrates the committee is still working to complete its investigation while simultaneously working to finish its final report ahead of the Republican takeover of Congress in January. They want to finish this so Jordan doesn't fucking destroy this thing. Members of the committee are in active discussions about what to include. This is my point here in the panel's final report, which they've said will be released by the end of the year. The members expect it will focus on issues beyond how Donald's efforts to prevent the peaceful transfer of power fueled the violence that day. Hmm. Five hours. Huh. That's a long time for her to talk about anything. Yeah, I wonder if she's taking the uh, the Nazi dinner offering up as well. Um, <laughs> we'll see. We need to get we need to get another Biden. Red. Her book's called Here's the Deal. Isn't that a Biden phrase? Well, I, I don't know, folks, but, it's, but it's also no really close to Trump's. What is it? The Art of Art the Deal. Of the deal? <laughs> yeah, here's the deal. Yeah. Here's the alternative facts is what it should be called. Nobody buy that book. I don't think we have to say that to listeners here of this program. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think anyone's got that on order for Christmas or Hanukkah. No, yeah. No, anything anything important will be out in the news. So, All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with the good news. If you have any good news to submit, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everyone, if you're like me, you're concerned about how much food waste you throw out every week because that food waste ends up in landfills and creates methane gas. And we know that methane gas is one of the number one causes of, you know, of, of global, global warming, climate change. It makes me feel like I'm not doing enough to help the environment. But now there's an easy solution and it's wonderful. It's called Lomi. I love my Lomi. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that is odor-free and mess-free. And it's a solution to keep your food waste out of landfills. Fits into any size kitchen, big or small. It makes your food waste disappear in less than four hours. Turns into dirt and I can use it in my garden. My Lomi allows me to turn those food scraps into that dirt with just the push of a button. It doesn't create any smell, and when it runs, it's quiet. It's nice and quiet. And now I throw out way less garbage, which isn't going into landfills and producing that methane. Instead, I'm turning my waste into nutrient-rich dirt that I can feed to my plants and my 
Well, Herb Garden. Uh, Ever since I learned that food waste makes up a huge portion of our personal carbon footprint, I've been looking for ways to reduce the amount of food I send to the landfill. And now I have my Lomi. I'm helping do my part. If you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just make cleanup after dinner easy, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi, L-O-M-I dot com slash Daily Beans and use promo code Daily Beans, all one word, to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to Lomi dot com slash Daily Beans and use promo code Daily Beans at checkout. Food waste is gross. Lomi is your solution. With the holidays just around the corner, Lomi will make the perfect gift for someone on your shopping list. And speaking of gifts, many popular holiday gifts these days can seem very generic. Things like candles and baskets just don't have that personal touch. One of my favorite new places to buy presents this holiday has been Aura Frames. Aura Frames makes digital picture frames designed to easily and instantly fill your home with photos of family and friends and places you visited. It can be shared instantly from an app with anyone, with the whole family if you want. There's free unlimited storage. You can add as many photos and videos as you like and invite as many people as you want to the frame. Now, named the best digital picture frame by Wirecutter, The Strategist, and many more, Aura is nothing like other digital frames from a decade ago, right? Every Aura frame is thoughtfully designed to fit any decor. It's got a stunning HD display, unlimited storage, easy setup, no hidden fees, no subscriptions. It's awesome. Aura Frames makes easy, meaningful holiday gifts, especially for the hard-to-shop people, because you can preload your favorite photos and even personalize a video message, which can be fun and funny. And there's no need to wrap it. Every box comes ready to gift. It's so easy and convenient, and it's such a great gift. And right now, you can take advantage of Aura's Cyber Monday sale. You can get up to $50 off Aura's best-selling carver mat frames. Just go to AuraFrames.com slash Daily Beans. These are Aura's lowest prices ever. They're extending them for you. So get yours now before they sell out. And if you miss the sale, there will be great deals this holiday season coming later. That's Aura Frames, A-U-R-A frames.com slash Daily Beans for up to $50 off Aura's best-selling carver mat frames. Terms and conditions apply. And even the nights are better since I've found you, Helix Sleep. I absolutely love my Helix mattress. You know I've had it for a couple years now. I've been sleeping on it. It's still as awesome as it was when I first got it. Helix Sleep is a premium mattress brand. They provide tailored mattresses based on your unique sleep preferences because they know everyone sleeps differently. Everyone's unique. And that's why Helix has several different mattresses to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. They have models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side, which I love. And they have models with more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions. And if your spine needs an extra TLC like mine, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design. They combine individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combo of comfort and support. I took the online Helix Sleep quiz at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. I was matched with the Helix Midnight because I wanted something medium firm and I'm a side sleeper. Not only is it the best mattress I've ever slept on, but the setup was fast and easy. The customer service is amazing. Helix mattresses are delivered in a box right to your door for free. And Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders plus two free pillows for our listeners when you go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, you want to play What the Mutt with us, where we try to guess what breeds your rescue pup is, find the cat where you send us a picture and we have to try to find your cat because they, you know, they're expert hiders. Any any pod pet pics, especially in costumes, Halloween photos, holiday photos, a shout out to somebody you love, a shout out to a small business in your area. 
just go to dailybeanspod.com and click on contact and you can submit it there. All right. First up from Josie, pronouns she and her. I'm so glad you're back. I feel so weird reading the good news just to buy myself. Honestly, I miss it every time I have to take time off. <laughs> yeah, like I need my good news today. Uh, Josie says, hello, lovely ladies of the Leguminati. Love the pod. It's my last listen of the evening when it drops before I go to bed. Can't wait for the new You Don't Know Jack pod. I have a suggestion and a what the mutt, which you are guaranteed to get at least two breeds correct. I don't know, Josie. I don't know. Unless unless there's chow in there. (laughs) (laughs) First, I just heard the horseshit suggestion for describing the garbage spewed by the right wing extremists. I'm intimately involved with horseshit as I own and look after two horses. It's insulting to horseshit, given it's actually a useful source of organic matter used worldwide to improve soil. Right-wing extremist rhetoric is more aptly described as pig shit and or hogwash. That stuff smells so bad you need a respirator and a hazmat suit to get near it, and the smell lingers even after a shower. Now, pod pet tax. Our rescue, Sunny, was advertised as part Kelpie. She isn't. My husband teaches animal science and her DNA was tested one year as a class project and the whole class had to guess her breeds. Oh, how cool. And it's cool. Okay. Pitbull and Australian Shepherd. Yeah. Let's see here. P- Pity Lab. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Chow Chow. <laughs> Do it. And you say Australian Shepherd. Yeah. There's a little okay. white, white spotty on the chest. Yeah, I see that there. So cute. We have. Oh. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Whoa. We have Staffy. Staffy and Bull Terrier. What's the second one? Chow Chow. Chow Chow. There's some boxer. There's this, oh, this is your yours to read. Shetland and Boston Terrier. She's a fail. We got one. We got one. We got the Chow Chow. See, you thought we would get two, but we got one. Although P- Pibble is pretty close to Bull Terrier, but still just so adorable. She's a failure at a guard dog, though she barked at Jehovah's Witnesses once, but very good at learning tricks and, cl- and chasing squirrels and birds. I roll. Thanks again for the fabulous podcast. Josie, this dog is so adorable. Love it. Love, love it. Love it. All right. This is from Ben, pronouns he and him. The good news is that the European Space Agency, ESA, have announced their new class of astronauts. It represents the whole of Europe at 50% of the selected astronauts identify as female. Fuck yeah. <laughs> This was a deliberate decision. The prerequisites to astronaut selection, either having a master's or above in a STEM subject, a medical degree, or being a classified test pilot, and many systemic biases, which ESA deliberately chose to overcome. I love that. Also, ESA have announced the first ever astronaut with a physical disability, John McFall, who lost his leg in a motorcycle accident. Space is for everyone. Fuck yeah. I didn't make the cut in the end, but I'm very grateful to, I remember the submission. I'm very grateful to have an opportunity to have gone through the selection process. Although I probably won't have another chance due to my age, ESA selection is far less frequent than NASA. My daughters will, and they have the added advantage of knowing that it's an option for them. Not only that, but three-fifths of British astronauts so far have been women. Nice. As pet tax, I offer Jess and Charlie, Yorkie and Shih Tzu, dedicated their undying love to my daughter's slice of toast. <laughs> oh my God, look at these fucking <gasps> dogs. They are so cute. They are adorable. And this child is beautiful. That is a beautiful child. Yeah, I might need a well Shih Tzu mix though. Well done, Ben. I'm sorry you didn't make it, but yes, I'm glad that your daughters know that they can. Next up from Teresa, she and her. Love you ladies and the way you break down the fuckery. 
I have a happy birthday wish for my friend of 43 years, my Aww. sister, my bestie. We met in kindergarten. We've been friends since, except for like six months when we were 19 and maybe like three other short times. I can't remember. <laughs> Never once have I questioned that if I called her at 2 a.m. and said, I need you to bring a tarp and duct tape, she would come <laughs> to wherever I was and be there for me. She's just that kind of a person. A nurse with a heart of gold who I would not trade for anything because she is a far better person than I am and I need her to balance me out. We are two blue mamas who got out of a very red town. She listens to you also every day because I told her to. <laughs> and I know she will hear this. I want to wish Stacy a very happy birthday and let her know that I love her. Photo is of us in our, quote, dress alike but different phase in high school. Don't laugh too hard. It was the early 90s. Girl, that's when I went to high you school. You guys are also awfully cute. Yes. And that's not bad for early no. 90s hair, I got to say. That's I pretty agree. Tame. In fact, the brunette is lacking an aquanet. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, but man, what you a guys are hair. adorable. And a happy birthday to yes, your bestie. happy birthday. 43 right. years. Yay. This is from Karen. Pronounce she and her. Dearest beans, queen. Let me try that again. <laughs> Just the one. <laughs> Just the one. Just the bean queen. <laughs> Whatever you want to do with that's fine. <laughs> All right. This is from Karen Pronouns. She and her. Dearest bean queens, I'm a beans newcomer. A new oh, biggest hello. fan who unfortunately lives uh, in Colorado in Bobert's district. Ugh. It's unfortunate that she was our, quote, representative. Now I live in Colorado. We deserve so much better. Thank you for your heartfelt words and analysis of the Club Q shooting. It's taken such a toll on our community. Needless to say, we are devastated. I was turned on to you ladies and your podcast in September when I rendezvoused with my 1981 class of lesbian friends from Fort Lewis College, and that's in Durango. We gathered from across the U.S. for a Patti Smith concert <gasps> on a full moon night at Ghost Ranch in Abiquiu, New Mexico. It was spectacular. Oh, awesome. So somebody at the, at the 1981 class of lesbian friends from Fort Lewis College, Durango, recommended the beans. Well, hello and thank you. I love that. New Mexico, huh? Awesome. That's your old stomping ground, Dana. It is indeed. I haven't heard of Abiquiu in a long time. All right. Next up from Laura, pronounced she and her. Hi, Beans Queens. Forgive the long story, but since my cat may have saved me from a coma, I think it's worth it. I don't always listen to the good news because it makes me sad to not see the fur babies, but I couldn't not brag about the best cat I've known. I'm 31 with failing lungs and on oxygen 24 7. Mm. One restless night, my cat Ragnarok, Rocky, came up and nudged me in the middle of the night. He often snuggles during bad nights, so I ignored him and fell back asleep. After a couple of attempts, he progressed to walking on top of my chest. This is highly unusual, but I was too tired to care and went back to sleep. Once he realized that didn't work, he extended a single claw to lightly scratch me until I had to wake up. This time I was baffled but awake and grumpily rolled away from him. As I did so, I realized that my oxygen had fallen out of my nose. Mm. He had noticed the change in my breathing and persisted in getting my attention despite the low oxygen making me so hard to wake up. Because of him, I was able to get my oxygen back in and go back to healthy sleep. Lesson learned. I now tie my tubing up in my bonnet before going to bed. But it's comforting to know Rocky is ready to rescue if anything should go wrong. Attached are pictures of two of his stranger habits, taco tongue and pretending he's a vulture. Plus one more because what proud cat mom can stop it too. When every day is a struggle, waiting for a transplant, he helps keep me going. Your show does too, as it distracts me from the pain and keeps things in perspective. Even bad news days remind me that the world is bigger than my personal struggles. 
Thank you for all you do. It makes a difference in more ways than giving good information. P.S. Rocky is very opinionated about what I listen to, but loves your podcast. Hi, Rocky. When I listen to Midas Touch, he will pace and meow until it's over. But with the Daily Beans, he'll purr and take a nap, often curling up next to my computer to listen with me. I'm telling Jordy and I'm telling Jordy and Brad and Ben. Oh my God, seriously, look at this taco tongue. Oh, what a beautiful baby. Gorgeous. I love this story too. What a good, good boy. Goodest good boy. Oh my goodness. I'm so happy that you have him as a companion. I am too. And I hope that the transplant comes through. We all do. We're pulling for you at the beans. 100%. All right. This next short one is from Shirley. Pronouns she and her. Hi, Dana. Wanted baby pictures. So here is Kit Kat. (laughs) After a very busy day and a couple of pictures of the young cat, he has now become kittens. Kitten. Oh my God. Look at the kitten beans. Look at the toe beans and then look at the tie. Oh, my God. And beautiful cat. Oh, my God. You know, I have a thing, so. Little flame point. Yeah. I had a cat this coloration and his name was Dipstick because he looked like a dipstick. Oh, my goodness. Well, AG, I think that's it for now. Uh, no, I think we have one more. No, I tried to I tried to save you. It's a repeat. Oh, you did. You tried to save me. <laughs> I ignored you. <laughs> I am I am the lady who's that's I'm like AG she isn't it time to go no why would we leave we still have AG I think it's time to go I don't think so my drink's still half full AG I think we should leave no (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to go um that's funny uh well thank you everyone for sending in your good news and um seriously uh you guys blow me away what a truly amazing community and and, you know, uh, I want to welcome all of our new patrons. And we've got a, an influx of patrons because, you know, I, Dana, I went and I asked our patrons, would it be cool if I let some Twitter folks in for a dollar just to read the feed, the, oh, nice. the Patreon feed? And they were like, yeah, you should give them more stuff. You should do that. You know, they were all everyone was so accepting and wonderful. So I want to welcome everybody um, that, that came over uh, from Twitter uh, to get the, the Patreon feed for just a buck. It's, it's truly awesome. And thanks to all of our patrons who are donating. And you can even buy a, a year's premium subscription as a gift for a specific person on Supercast. If you search for the Daily Beans on Supercast. And you can gift one to an anonymous stranger on uh, dailybeanspod.com. So thank you very much. You guys are so just so generous. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, we have a community wonderful community. Yep. Very proud to be a part of it. Dana, do you have any final thoughts? No final thoughts for today. Oh, actually, I do. Um, if you're in Georgia, please vote. Please make sure you get out and vote for this runoff. Um, early voting has already started. There's been massive number numbers uh, breaking, and we know that early voting always looks good for Democrats. So please, if you are in Georgia, do not sit this runoff out just because we have the Senate. There's so many things that are riding on this, and you've talked about this, including subpoena power. We don't have to fight. We don't have to fight McConnell about some stuff. We can get another seat in that House and... We already know this. That's going to help with the judiciary. So please get out and vote. Don't think we have this just because we've got the majority already in the Senate. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's super important. We don't want to have to dick around with Mitch McConnell for four months trying to set up, you know, weak ass, weak sauce power sharing agreements. So yeah, power sharing. That's vote. what I mean. Subpoena power, power sharing. And um, yeah, dude, two hundred thirty nine thousand early votes. It's like Huge. they're breaking records. Yep. So thank you very much uh, to everyone who's out there voting for Warnock. All right, everybody, we'll be back tomorrow. Until then, please take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. Take everyone with you. (laughs) 
I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. <laughs>